0: Hello and welcome to Take Off with Wellness Story. I'm Natasha. And I'm Jim. Our mission is to create a world where people don't have to sacrifice their health for career success and where health is seen as a key priority for achieving peak performance. In this podcast series, we will share stories of transformation, the science behind peak health and performance, and we will break down the what and the how so that you can embark on your own lifelong wellness journey.
1: We want to share with you our own stories and struggles in trying to balance health with successful careers and family life, and how we discovered the secret of health and performance is actually pretty straightforward. So let's get ready for Takeoff.
0: Hello and welcome to the first episode of Takeoff with Wellness Story. So you might be wondering how two high-flying airline executives just went off and founded a health coaching business called Wellness Story. Let's start from the beginning. My name is Natasha Kazmir, and I started my airline career in Moliv, Hungarian National Airlines. They went bankrupt a good few years ago, uh, stepping into the footsteps of my father. And then I went on to to co-found one of the most successful airlines in in Europe called Air.
1: And my name is Jim Callahan. I started my career as a corporate lawyer um, but my aviation career is uh, started with Ryanair as General Counsel and Head of Regulatory Affairs, and then I went to a slightly different business model in the Middle East called Etihad Airways, where I was also General Counsel and Company Secretary.
0: Okay, but more about this, this later. We're both still super passionate about the airline industry, uh, because this is the industry that connects the world, it connects people. But... Having worked in this industry for, for me, it's been 15 years, for you, 20 years, we also understand and know that this is one of the most competitive and most dynamic industries in the world where crisis is basically happening every day. And as Herb Kelleher once famously said, you can't have a midlife crisis in the airline industry because every day is a crisis. And I think it's pretty much sums it up. So we seem to go from one crisis um, uh, to another. Like many many of you probably in the airline industries, our passion drove everything. Our passion for our jobs, for our teams, for our companies, for the industry. And we started to neglect our health unknowingly, I would mm. say. So when you're young, you, you get away with a lot of things, you, you recover faster. You don't think about your health really. You um, just keep going. You just keep going i mean we can all we can both relate to your early morning flights the red-eye flights oh my god who even thought about putting out a flight at 6 a.m, a.m. <laughs> but this was this was our daily daily life um then grabbing food on the go like with all due respect to airports and also all the airline caterings out there like that that food is not really not food. the healthiest
1: food. <laughs> not
0: the healthiest food and then, um, yeah, going from one meeting to another, never really time for a cover. And then when, when, when do you catch up? You catch up at night. you sacrifice your sleep, etc, cetera, etc. Cetera.
1: Before we get into the detail, let's take a, a step back and we'd like to kind of introduce ourselves in a bit more detail. So maybe you might. Give A little bit of background starting from
0: how it all started,
1: how it all started,
0: how, how did it all, start? all right. So, yeah, it's a pretty standard story in, in st- standard childhood, I would say, in, in Eastern Europe. I grew up in Hungary, and then um, I was born in the so in Ukraine uh, in the Soviet uh, times, and then we moved um, to Hungary and back and forth. So, I grew up at times where in the times where we didn't have a car until I was pretty much I don't know. 10 or 12 years old. And then you had to take public transportation everywhere. It meant you had to work, you had to w- walk, rather. You had to carry your uh, uh, groceries, uh, you know, Saturday morning trips to the market, you know, helping mom, carrying, uh, carrying stuff, um, and of course dad as well. But so so that was on the movement side. We, we used our feet to get to, to point A to point B, uh when it came to i spent a lot of time out, outdoors like there was no entertainment there was there was no tv like on mondays at all we didn't have that so and right. there was just that one <laughs> there was just one one little uh, program uh, half an hour program every evening so it wasn't the tv wasn't on all the time so we spent a lot of time outside playing with our, with our friends and then when it came to nutrition it was all about seasonal availability like there were no strawberries um in the in the supermarket in the winter. And then when I was probably, I don't know, I was I was maybe twelve or something, we we first we saw the first bananas. I was like, whoa, oranges in the winter. So, (laughs) you know, um so I understand what's in season. And I remember we had this discussion because your background is different. We're gonna share in a minute. Growing up in the US, you had access to everything pretty much around the year.
1: It's
0: no season (laughs) now. No (laughs) season So that was one. And then, and then we traveled a lot. Uh, I mean, the, 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 the former Soviet republics, which are countries like Uzbekistan, Georgia, Armenia, Ukraine, I mean, gorgeous countries, gorgeous people, and absolutely amazing food. And when, yeah, and when we traveled and, 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 and we, we got to know people and we went to people's homes. I mean, food was always the expression of love and hospitality and care. so, so, I'm also bringing that with me, like it's such a strong um, part of, of 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 enjoying food. Mm. And I remember that one story that obviously you know that I share a lot is that when I was a little girl, I used to spend my summers with my with my Ukrainian grandmother, and um, so I traveled um, to her house. But but she so she picked me up at the train station, and then we had about um, two hour train ride. Um, to Poland where I was born, and she had a basket of these amazing um, baked things called pirashki, which was filled with different fruits and and, and vegetables and meat, and I would eat the whole basket. Yeah, on so the on the train, uh, so my grandmother's cooking and 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 the, the love that comes with it, the care that it, it meant to me. That's uh, pretty much ingrained. With you. Yeah, and so okay. So moving on from my happy childhood, uh, I then uh, I studied in Budapest. I then went um, to um, to a, a French college, and I needed a, an internship. And it just happened that um, the Hungarian airlines were looking for um, for interns, so I joined, and this is how my aviation career started. And the next chapter in my aviation career was then going and, um, and creating, setting up with air with, uh, my five co-founders, which was super exciting, but like that was the peak of my, uh, of my work intensity, I mm. would say. So, you know, you don't, you don't even think about it because you just, you just in it, you're passionate. Yeah. And then we went from success to success and you get addicted to this Adrenaline and, and the, the, the you, you can't really stop. So I remember when I stopped, and you remember for sure when I moved to Abu Dhabi, I was like, Whoa, I'm I'm missing something here. Like everything is standing still because you know nobody was calling me in the middle of the night because the flight was five minutes late or, yes. or something like this.
1: Withdrawals from all exactly. The, the so
0: so yeah so so wizard was super intensive and and there you know the, again the the early morning flights the three press conferences in 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 two days in three different cities and I remember on one of the Airbus deliveries my. My, my, one of my favorite colleagues, he was an elder gentleman, he's retired now. And he, the Airbus was, was, was getting us food on board and this amazing platters. But it was like, I don't know, late at like nine o'clock in the evening or 10 o'clock in the evening. And, you know, we accepted the food and everything. And, and I was like, I'm, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna eat now. And then Valint looked at me and and he said, Natasha, just eat when you are offered because you never know when you'll eat again. And, you know, so this is kind of an epigenetics, you know, that he he probably with with him. But we, we literally ate when we were offered. So the late night dinners, I mean, you can relate to that. Like whenever... there's
1: food, eat it. Food, eat yeah.
0: it. And then you sign a deal, you eat, you celebrate the eating, the drinking. Mm-hmm. So... So that was all fine and I didn't feel anything. And then again I, I pretty much left my career at my peak. I went on to, to then set up with a Ukraine. And uh when I came back from that assignment a year later, you know, it was time to, to move on. And that's when I moved to um uh to to Abu Dhabi and it I didn't really like it was all all good um stress in a way. Until then, when we got married and we wanted to have uh, children, I couldn't conceive. And we went from one doctor to another. And then finally, uh, the doctor told me, he said, look, uh, you're 40. How old was I at the time? 42. Um, you had a high-flying career. Your whole body is stressed. And I looked at him and said, look, I've been in the Middle East living the life of of luxury. L- yes. Like, what do you call it? Life, wife life of leisure yeah. or something like this. You know, I My biggest stress was like, you know, where do we get, go for dinner <laughs> that, that week, you know, for a date night? And it's no, but, but you have to understand that what your body goes through for years and years and years, it builds up. And your infertility issues are because your your eggs are just as stressed as all of your your other cells. And I didn't make the connection between my previous life mm-hmm. and, and, and my current state up until that moment. I mean, we were lucky because we, we, we conceived and we have a, a healthy six year old, uh, super fun boy now, but, but that's when it clicked that, ah, so, so you can't just go on and do whatever you want and expect your body to carry on. Eventually you will have to pay, uh, for some things.
1: But it keeps
0: the score. It, it keeps the score, and then you know, with the hormone treatment, uh, overweight came in, and then I got um, uh, depressed, uh, severely overweight, uh, depressed. So a lot of issues um, just around the time we, we were kind of setting up our lives here in the Netherlands. So I think that was around 2017, 18. 16, yeah. yeah when, when, when I came to a point that right, I cannot carry on living like this, but before we, we get to that chapter, why don't you tell us how, Unpacked how, 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 Jimmy started.
1: <laughs> yeah. So, um, somewhat similar, I would say in the sense that, uh, although I was born in the U S we moved when I was quite young to Ireland and I had the fortune or misfortune of growing up on a small farm. Uh, in, in rural Ireland. And so my childhood was, was very healthy as well. I mean, we grew most of our, our own food uh, or bought it in the markets and uh, certainly no need to go to the gym in those days because you were um, shoveling cow doo-doo <laughs> or, or chasing after sheep breaking out of the fields. Uh, so super healthy, um, did a fair bit of sports when I w- wasn't working on the farm. Um, it was really when I went back to the States, uh, in my, my late teens, um, and started, uh, on the, the standard American diet, um, you know, as a teenager, you have an abundance Tamper of food foods, and yeah, Taco Bell. <laughs> um, and so. And, and also got into the, the, the working environment in the US um, I went to, to college and I worked full time when I was going to college and then after college went on to law school still continued to work um, and really the the kind of that slow decline in terms of, of health I mean I wasn't moving very much because the, the academic side and the office side I was sitting most of the time um, but you just keep Powering through. I mean, law school is, is quite stressful, um, but you know, very exciting. Um, and then, once I finished um, my my law degree, I then went on and did a, a law um, an LLM in European law in Brussels. Started work right out of, of college um, at a, a major law firm. we doing very large transactions, working late nights. Uh, At the time, I already had, I was married and had my first two uh, uh, boys um, at that stage. So it's trying to balance, you know, the busy, uh, stressful career with young family life, um, already seeing the kind of strains there. Um, And then Moved to Ireland and started my aviation career with Ryanair. And talk about going from one frying pan into a into very large fire with Ryanair. But it was super exciting. I mean, right. Ryanair was one of the, if not the, kind of driving forces of the, the liberalization of, of air transport just pushing the boundaries, disrupting a very kind of um, oligopolistic market at the Laying
0: time. Laying the ground for Laying other, other lost
1: carriers, <laughs> making history. Um, and so, you know, similar to to Natasha's experience, just you don't think about it, you're just going all the time. And, and I often liken working in Ryanair at the time as literally working in a in a war zone where from going in in the morning to leaving late in the evening, it was, you, you were fighting fires all the time. Um, and so, you know, very exciting, but like it starts to, to take its toll. And by the time I left Ryanair nine years later, during which time we had grown tenfold during those, those early years, Starting with Etihad Airways, I kind of thought maybe I would get a bit of a <laughs> <laughs> reprieve, but went into a very similar situation where you had a young airline with very uh, aggressive growth plans, uh, a, a similar but different regulatory uh, challenge, and you know the same kind of of issues with being passionate about the company and wanting to drive things forward, but you know it takes its toll. By that stage, I had four, uh, children, four boys, wonderful boys. Um, but at that stage, you know, over the, the years with Ryanair, my relationship broke down with my, my former wife. My kids used to constantly complain that I was always on the phone when we were on holidays, they would say, dad, you're always on the phone. Um, and so that was, that was a, a difficult period, uh, for, for a lot of reasons. Uh, you know, I was trying to keep in contact with my, my boys and, and, uh, commuting back to Ireland from the Middle East uh, every month. And so, you know, it, it starts again to take its toll. And and at various stages, I would go to a doctor and say, look, I, I just don't feel well. I, I'm low energy. I'm really struggling with focus at work. What's wrong with me? And, and inevitably, I, I would get a clean bill of health. Everything is kind of in the normal range. Um, and so... It was in that environment that, in 2016, I moved to Uber. And talk about moving from one <laughs> frying pan into an inferno at the time. I kind of saw Uber as as a Ryanair without the wings, with all its regulatory issues, um, and saw it, you know, as a challenge and a way of getting back uh, in Europe and close to my kids. But it was it was total insanity. Um, trying to actually work in an environment where, you know, it was all about being 24-7, back-to-back meetings all the time, five different communication modes, jumping all the time. Um, And so around about six months of being there, I had um, my boss came over from the U.S. for a day of meetings. And after about the third meeting of the day, um, I'm sitting with, members of my senior team and my boss uh, in this meeting. And I was about to present something as trivial as an update on, on where things were. But I just, uh, when I tried to do the presentation, I literally couldn't I, I, I couldn't um, join what was in my head with what was in my mouth, a bit like now. <laughs> <laughs> and and it, w- it was actually, it was terrifying because I'd never experienced this before. And I tried a few times and I just, was talking complete nonsense. And eventually I had to get up and leave the meeting and I went for a walk. And as I'm walking, it occurred to me that this hadn't happened overnight, that this was something that had built up over the years. And and I hadn't been managing my stress levels and certainly not my, my health levels. And it was at that stage where I realized I had to change. I was about 49 at the time going on 50 and I figured um for for my own sake um but for for the sake of of my family and my my lovely wife I needed to to start doing things differently.
0: Yeah, so it took us a good few years and and that's where that's where the two health health, health stories, stories converged. Con- yeah, meet because so so Jim was about to recover from this super stressful environment and I I had to do something about my my own health, as I said, you know, the overweight, the depression. I mean I was I was really at a very yeah, bad, bad, place. Bad, place. bad place. So and, and for the for the while now, I think we're talking about 2018, 2019, 2019, we're going out on kind of parallel uh, roads. So you try to do something with your health. You know, I try to do something with mine, you know, with a personal trainer. And Mm -hmm. then eventually we found, we moved to Harlem from Amsterdam, which was also a big kind of, you know, change Mm -hmm. uh, of environment. You know, here we are out in the nature, we have goats, we have, it's, it's, it's 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 a very kind of calming setup as well. And then um, eventually we found CrossFit as um, as the the kind of our preferred way of of moving, moving yeah. yeah, because it it's it kind of combines um, gymnastics, strength training, cardio it's very as well, yeah. and you can you can do it at any levels. I mean, you can you can do it at at level zero, but you can do it as a professional athlete as well. So it's very versatile. And then. As, as one of out of desperation, you know, I was looking for for another diet program, you know, that wouldn't help. But I found something which was sounded very interesting because it was a program which said it's a health program um, that was focused on nutrition combined with behavioral science. And I think that's when something clicked Thank for both you. of us. So we started doing CrossFit. We then discovered this health program. Um, and it kind of opened our, our minds and eyes to possibilities. And we both started to look into what else is possible. So, so I went really deep into nutrition. I went back to, um, to school, did the Stanford course, then did numerous other courses with nutritionists and, uh, read gazillion of books. Um, and, um, and the, the other area that really interested me was, was breath work. And then, you know, because of my age, it led me to okay. Let's look at the female health, the female, the the, the female hormonal health mostly, um, and then you you take uh, took a deep dive into the 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 kind of the the, the movement, uh, the the fitness side, of yeah. CrossFit. fit.
1: So I went uh, did a Stanford course on the physiology of of exercise, which was absolutely fascinating. How amazing the human body is in terms of how it adapts, and. The one big aha moment for me was discovering the aging curve, which is this concept that we all age and we all start to decline over time. But if you are, if you look after your health and you stay active during your life, you can actually delay that decline to the point where your health span is equal to your lifespan. So you mm-hmm. stay healthy and fit yes, and so active. Yes, the
0: quality, quality, of, quality of, life, of life Yeah, remains. Um,
1: Whereas if you are sedentary and you don't look after your health, you, you will inevitably reach a point of what they call functional disability, where yeah. you, ha- you rely on, on you know a walker or a cane, or you're just not uh, able to be as physically active. The amazing thing is that no matter where you are on the lower curve, you can always bump it out if you start to take care of yourself, and that for me. So you was did bump it out. I, I, that, <laughs> I have I've made it my life's mission, my remaining life's mission to bump that curve out as far as possible, mm-hmm. so that I remain. And we we're on the same boat, remain healthy and fit.
0: What I liked what you said when you turned fifty is that. You know, you're getting ready for the for the next, the next 50, 50 years, 50, and I, I love that concept. I've now
1: extended that to the next 70 years.
0: <laughs> I didn't know about that, but but I turned 50 this year, and and I'm totally feeling this. You know, like how can I be the best version, uh, the most uh, energetic, the hmm. most alive version of myself for the ne- for the next 50 years? So so eventually we 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 put the puzzle together, and I think that's when it really started to work. Um, um, and and we, we got so um, passionate about, you know, as you, you, you say all the time, our, our, the pain that we felt now, it turned into our passion. And we, 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 dis- we decided that it's, it's a pity to keep it to ourselves. And we really wanted to share with the with wonderful people in the aviation and around the world, but mostly people who we, we, we know and are still in the, in the airline industry, to help them to avoid the mistakes that we made. Yeah. Uh, early on uh, but also if you've made all the mistakes there is still a a, a possibility uh, of actually getting it right Uh, because we did that like we went down (laughs) we crashed and then Yes, we went deep deep and, and now we, we basically we're flying. I mean, I have never felt so energetic in my whole life. So, and then the same.
1: And I think the the key learning for us has been, and we continue to, to, to learn this is that it's not about quick fix and people are always looking for a quick fix, but this is a lifelong journey. So we continue in our own lives to see the constant improvement in our, in our health and performance. And it's, so. It's not just about doing a diet or doing a workout for for occasionally. It's about a lifestyle change that that brings you to a point where you are healthy and you see the results in your performance as well.
0: So, in conclusion, here are the the kind of the main takeaways from from our stories uh, certainly is that first of all, if you are not healthy, you are massively suboptimal in your performance and your life. You might not feel it now. You might think that you're performing at your, your highest, but once you do little tweaks to your health and improve your health, you will see massive improvement in your performance. The second one is that it's never too late to start. Never. Jim started at 50. Um, I started a little bit earlier, but I'm also coaching my mom who is 75 mm-hmm. and she's doing amazingly. And the third, the third thing is that your, your body is, is much more adaptable and much more capable than you think.
1: Yeah, and it's, it's also not as complicated as we're led to believe in terms of being healthy. This is a bit of a cliffhanger and a spoiler, but in our next episode, we're going to go deep into what we call the four drivers of health, which are mindset, nutrition, movement, and sleep. We're going to look at the the evolutionary traits of of what it is to be human, the, the, the natural rhythms that we evolved with and that are still playing out in our bodies today and how we can try to introduce small incremental changes in these areas to try and bring us back to more natural rhythms, which has a massive impact on your health. We look forward to seeing you in the next episode. So that's a wrap for today's episode of Take Off with Wellness Story. We hope you found it both insightful and entertaining. Quick disclaimer, this podcast is for information purposes only and is not a substitute for professional medical advice. Always consult your doctor or a qualified expert for personalized guidance and never disregard professional medical advice or delay seeking it because of something you heard on this podcast.
0: Check us out on social media for exciting updates and extras and follow the podcast so that you're on board as future episodes are released.
1: By the way, our first book, Ready for Takeoff, a practical health guide for airline executives and their teams to get back on top of their game, will be out on the 30th of May and we can't wait for you to read it.
0: Get ready for takeoff.